Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store. Orleans Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By L.L. Bean. Inspiring you to get outdoors. LLBean.com. By Celestron. Offering binoculars and scopes for birders of all levels. Celestron.com. By Birds and Beans Shade-Grown Bird-Friendly Coffee. Birdsandbeans.com. And by Chimani. Visiting a national park? Let Chimani guide you. Chimani.com. Good morning. Welcome to our show number 584. We have a special wow. guest right in our studio. He's the guy who just heard say, wow. Wow. That's a kind of a big number, isn't it, David? 584. I mean, that's marvelous. <laughs> that's great. 584. David is David Clapp. David is head of uh, the Mass Audubon Sanctuaries here on the South Shore of Massachusetts for a number of years. Now an international tour guide with Smithsonian Tours and a frequent guest, we're happy to say, on our show. And he's just come back from Norway. Yes. Birding trip. Yeah. To Norway, did you see any smews? Smews? No, as a matter of fact, the sea ducks, the bay ducks, the freshwater ducks, you think you see tufted duck, you're going to see lots of eider. No, no, very, very quiet on the water. Surprising. Mm. A few eider duck, that was about it. Wow. I was very surprised, actually. We hear some smews yeah. right now, just because you can the see them over there, you can yeah. hear them now. But. Yeah, that was no smew was one of the things I was thinking, oh, maybe I'll see smews. I was just Smews are a very pretty duck, folks. Very, very. Yeah. It's a merganser type duck. It's, it's really quite. Special looking. It's got unique characteristics. Black and white, yeah. and they call that look cracked ice, which I thought was interesting. Oh, yeah. One description, because it's all that white, and then these little, little black, thin vermiculations. black Vermiculations. 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 what I was going to yes. say. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and the female <laughs> looks completely different than the yeah, male. That, right? Yeah, that increases the aura, you know, the enhances the aura of the... Late relationships. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's important. Okay. Well, more on that later. But uh, so you 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 saw you were looking for what certain specialties seabirds. Uh, well, the, the, it was a tour of the countryside. In the countryside, like Chile, Southeast Alaska, um, New Zealand has beautiful fjords and great water inlets and glacial cut stuff and and erosion. That area has been covered by ice probably forty. They say at least forty times during the glaciations would mm -hmm. come and go. So there's a lot of fjordness and western south and western okay. um, Norway which is beautiful so mostly it was to see that kind of scenery um, but of course I'm always looking for birds and I found it relatively depauperate it was quite plain for birds I was mm -hmm. yeah it wasn't a birder's paradise yeah a lot of fjordness but not a lot of birdness <laughs> that's right that's right okay well okay well what's your next trip by the way uh, well, for the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be um, teaching a field course for the Wellfleet Bay Sanctuary down in Cape Cod on ah. sh migrating shorebirds. Then I'm going to work with the Fish and Wildlife people, banding red knots for some of the endangered species studies that the, federal's, the federal government's doing uh, out of the office down there in Chatham. And then, um, then I've got, I guess, at least two Africas this fall. I haven't really looked that oh, far ahead. No, there were two packed. Africas. Uh, yeah, two, two Southern <laughs> Africa. One, one includes Namibia, one includes Botswana, Zimbabwe. Wow. Okay. Well, another place you've been many times, David, if we go southwest a few thousand miles uh, off the coast of Ecuador, the Galapagos Islands. Uh. And I'm holding this Princeton uh, field guide, a pocket guide that they just sent to me, Wildlife of the Galapagos. And I know you really uh, identified with this, seeing all of these uh, creatures that you have seen yeah. up close and personal. And you've been encouraging me to go to the Galapagos for some time is a must-see place, and uh, I'm actually going to do it. 
And um, this is something, there's something, uh, well, that we hope a lot of Talking Birds listeners will be particularly interested in uh, with respect to my going on this trip. And I'm going to just... A lot of them have said they would wish you would go further. But yeah, as far as the Galapagos, (laughs) at least they're on the other side of the equator. Uh, Anyway, but we'll uh, have some details about what I'm... uh, Teasing there on uh, uh, yeah, the Galapagos. Show. I, I traveled with ecotourism for oh, easy 20, 30 years before I went to the Galapagos, and I regretted almost instantly that I hadn't chosen to or taken a trip there earlier. It you think it's going to be sort of self-contained and shooting fish in a barrel, and it's mm-hmm. like looking in an aquarium and yeah. all that. And in a way, it is, but it's so awesome. It's so unbelievable. Mm-hmm. It's so natural. It's so distinct from everything we live in culturally. It's you, I'm very envious of your outing. Very envious. <laughs> Even though you've been there how many times? I, I would go back tomorrow. Sorry, okay. Fran. I would go back tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, yeah, the Galapagos Islands. So uh, we'll be doing this trip next September. We'll talk about it in uh, specific detail um, on our show next week. But people, you know, when people go to the Galapagos, David, I've often heard people say, it's unlike going anywhere else because when you watch these nature shows on TV and you get all these close-ups of birds and so forth, people are disappointed sometimes when they go to right. an Amazon rainforest or something because they don't see these birds. Nature photography like is a, a patient art. Mm-hmm. And there are very few places you can go for a walk and see what would be nature photography in action. Mm-hmm. The Galapagos is not one of those places. Everywhere you go on the Galapagos is just like the photographers take. You you will be walking within inches or you'll be walking around uh, sea lions. Uh, you'll be walking past nesting boobies and, and uh, uh, the, the marine and land iguanas will be underfoot. You have to be careful. Uh, it really, it's just remarkable, Ray. It's just remarkable. And there are many islands there and with, with oh. many, you know, it's like, uh, this is kind of an odd comparison, but I think of the Boston Harbor Islands, how they're all different and each right. one has different topography and, and well, so forth. And, yeah. Uh, the Galapagos are more like Hawaii or New Zealand, in which you have a hot spot coming up out of the core of the earth, and this hot spot is pushing molten stuff up, and the plate that that hot spot pierces is continually moving. So you get an island, and then this conveyor belt of the plate, plate tectonics, moves that plate, and then you get another island later. So the Galapagos are moving to the east, and so the easterly most islands have, are the oldest, they've worn down, the westerly most are brand new, still full of active volcanoes. Hawaii's moving in the other direction, to the northwest mm. and so the older islands have moved away and they're wearing down and those are the the atolls off to the northwest but yeah it's geologically geolo- wait till you see it geologically <laughs> the lava is like it happened yesterday you're walking among this stuff mm-hmm. oh, oh yeah you'll love it david clapp is our guest he likes the galapagos islands <laughs> and thinks we should Sorry. uh we should <laughs> all go there meanwhile we catch up on a couple of things here extra extra read all about it some of the stories and videos on our facebook page this week Here's uh, one of them. An important new UN task force has been formed to combat migratory bird hunting. An hour's worth of birds in the sky compressed into one minute will connect to this must-see video. We'll connect you to this must-see video. And a new study suggests that, yes, feeding birds in your backyard really does improve their health. And we'll talk more with uh, David about that this morning. That's some of the stories there on our Facebook page this week, right on our website there, and our blog, our Talking Birds blog this week, about those oxpeckers, 
Those birds that uh, David has seen many times gleaning <laughs> insects from the backs of African animals. We've always heard that these creatures are benefiting each other in a symbiotic way, but new research suggests this relationship may be just a little bit one-sided. Read all about it on this week's blog, easily found at TalkingBirds.com. Still to come on our show today, in addition to more with David, are your hummers hollering for help? It's our man Mike O'Connor from Cape Cod's Bird Watchers General Store to the Indiana Jones-inspired rescue. Coming up next, our mystery bird, our, no, it's our featured feathered friend. Talking Birds is made possible in part by Celestron, a leading optics company offering binoculars and spotting scopes for birders of all levels. Celestron is dedicated to education and bird conservation and proudly supports many nonprofit organizations that share the same commitment. Celestron says... We care about birds and nature in our backyard as well as yours. Enhance your view with Celestron. Visit Celestron.com and discover more. See anything, Tonto? Hmm. Me see wide eyes. You think it's somebody from the Kincaid gang? No, Kimasabi. Me think it bird. A bird? Me think it wide-eyed vireo. Tonto, are you a bird watcher? Mm, 400 species on life list, Kimasabi. Well, isn't that a hearty high silver? <laughs> ah, don't let him get you down, Tonto. That masked man's just a common yellow throat in a cowboy hat. Back to our bird, the white-eyed vireo, a little warbler-sized bird, kind of hard to spot as it skulks among brushy tangles and foliage in search of insects. Its most conspicuous field marks are the yellow spectacles, or eye rings, and in the adult bird, a unique white iris. It also sports prominent white wing bars and pale yellow flanks. And while it may not mimic members of the Kincaid gang, its complex vocalizations may include imitations of the call notes of downy woodpecker, great crested flycatcher, wood thrush, summer tanager, and eastern towhee, among others. Here's one example of the amazing sounds produced by the white-eyed vireo. The white-eyed vireo. Try to add him to your life list if you haven't already. And hurry, Tonto's now up to 403. Welcome again to our show, number 584. Talking Birds is sponsored in part by Chimani, providing free outdoor mobile app travel guides to plan and navigate your journey to more than 400 national parks, monuments, and historic sites. From Acadia to Zion, go to Chimani.com. That's C-H-I-M-A-N-I.com to download your free app today. David Clapp is here with us in the studio. And, David, it's uh, late July. A lot of people it are is. not feeding birds right now. But what's your take on feeding birds I, in the I summer? I feed through the summer. Now, one of the things, if you put suet out, it, can, it won't get rancid necessarily, but it might get drippy. So and they've got that special suet that they've got the right those the those cooked suets with yeah. nuts or fruits or something in them work fine. They don't mm -hmm. seem to melt. Um, they attract woodpeckers all through this time of year. I, this this re 
report that was just released on the on the health of birds is quite interesting. People have always thought that several things could go wrong. One, that they would lose their interest in natural food. Mm-hmm. And the other one is that because they're all around the same feeders in the summer when things are hot, disease would be rampant. Um, and both of those seem to be dispelled to a large extent by this study. The birds overall have better health, which I think is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the migratory birds especially need to put on fat and they put on they turn their fat into a brown fat which humans only develop as a fetus really but this is a fat that burns especially well in in muscular use so long distance migrants try to build up fat reserves to migrate and that extra food that they can get at feeders is uh very helpful apparently yeah. yeah and as you say and and they don't become dependent according to this study this is a new study by the way if you want to look this up it comes from the journal conservation physiology and one of the things you were just mentioning david well, i think everybody probably subscribes to that well you and yeah, i, I yeah. do but not yeah. everybody but uh, we've <laughs> actually we found this article from uh, a, a newspaper called the register guard uh, up in i think it's eugene oregon it is but i think yeah. Yeah. yeah but anyway are you talking about the this idea that birds can uh, develop disease by being congregated together at bird feeders but it's apparently not as big a problem as maybe was thought. And also, this article uh, points to the idea that birds also develop some immunity to diseases as a result of being in these congregations. Paralleling a lot of studies with human children, now human children being raised indoors in clean environments and stuff, are not not exposed to as much stuff. Yeah. There was a big article just in the, was it the, I don't know, it was a newspaper just this past weekend about don't be afraid of a little dirt. And that helps to the children, you know, farm kids and all this sort of, have more exposure to things, so therefore their immune system yeah. works better. Same thing seems to happen there. The birds at the feeders are much, have a higher immunity level. Um, and if you, if you clean your feeders once every two or three weeks, Mike may say something more often. Mike will probably want you to buy a new feeder every week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, um, exactly. No, if you clean your feeders, then it's not likely disease will be spread. Mike O'Connor is uh, the Mike David's referring to. He'll be with us uh, later in the program to pretty much disagree with what David has <laughs> No to matter say. what I say. <laughs> Regardless of, uh, of, uh, of what uh, he, he, he has to say. It used to be uh, that you had to eat a peck of dirt to get to heaven. I don't know that's, if that's yeah, true anymore. I've been but, working uh, on that. Yeah, <laughs> okay, so, but I think uh, when we talked here... Uh, oh, it's a air, peck? I thought it was a peckup truck. A pickup truck? Yeah, no, it's just a pick. Oh. <laughs> I'll cut back. So you were, uh, before we were on the air, you talked about uh, di- different feedings of uh, birds, different way to feed birds in the summer. Well, you, you, this, your yard can be the feeder in the summertime when yeah. you put plantings out. Uh, fruit trees, red mulberry or white mulberry is a highly sought-after fruit tree. If you're looking for a small tree that's, it, if it grows up full and big, you might get red mulberries on the ground, but the, believe me, the birds or squirrels will eat them all before they hit the ground. Um, yeah, there's a lot of ways. Planting for wildlife is really a helpful way to increase that. Keeping a water supply out is extremely important. Uh, keeping your feeders clean as well. Hey, we have a call here from Linda. She's on the line with us. She has a question. I want to take advantage of you being here, David. Uh, Good morning, Linda. Hi, how are you? I'm well, thank you. I think you sent me an email the other day, did you, Linda? I did, Oh, yes. you sent me a phone message, and uh, so now here I am on the air apologizing <laughs> for not getting back to That's you That's okay. Yet, I figured I'd try to get to you this morning. Okay. Well, I'm glad you did. And uh, let's see, your question is about some pigeons I think you, you saw yes, in your yard. I, I have a pigeon that has been outside my mom's house for the last uh, eight days now, since last Saturday, and he's banded on both feet. Um, his wing doesn't seem to be at an odd angle or anything like it's broken but nevertheless he's just hanging around and 
not really flying off, and I'm just wondering what to do. Uh, May I answer, right? Please. Okay. Yeah. Probably nothing. Uh, typically what these birds are, are birds that have been taken down toward Fall River, New Bedford. They're mm. flying back to Boston. They're part of a, a group that's uh, used for timing races. Okay. Uh, and so they're they're owned by somebody. And mm-hmm. to, be, to put it a little frankly, is if they don't fly home, they don't really care usually. Yeah. Because the goal for these birds mm-hmm. is to be taken down and to sort of fly back to their coop as fast as they can. They time okay. them and then they win the race. Okay. Uh, so this bird probably is not unhealthy in any way. It's just a, a beginner in the race business. Okay. U- usually they stop for a few days or a week, as you suggest, and uh-huh. they eat, they get healthy again, and then they slowly make their way home, or they join a local pigeon flock. Huh. So it was probably a bird that was used in a homing pigeon race. Right. And it just is one of the, shall we say, less successful of them. Uh-huh. But this <laughs> is a different species, though, than a feral pigeon, is it not? This, this homing pigeon? No. No, Same these are species. Yeah, you, they're some of them are bred to to do it better than others. I mean, yeah. pigeons are a highly manipulated group, but huh. uh, most of them are just regular pigeons. All right. Yeah, this yeah. is a large gray pigeon. Yep, that's sounds like most of them. <laughs> <laughs> it may end up under a bridge in Quincy. I, you know, it's hard to tell. <laughs> yeah, right? But right. probably it was a part of a group that was uh, let go somewhere down toward New Bedford to fly back to Boston and. You know, the owner is just saying, well, I got 10 out of 11 back. That's not bad. <laughs> so not unusual that he's been there for over a week. Not at this time of year. That happens quite regularly at this time okay. of year. Okay. All right. Linda, how, thank how you so much. How long do they normally yep. tend to hang around before taking off? I wouldn't. If you're feeding it, it may stay a little bit longer. If We're you're not, not feeding it. Well, I'm surprised the week, a week is a long time. Yeah, a week that's why I'm, I'm worried that maybe his wing is broken or something's wrong. No, you would notice that, I'm he sure. Like, he like, when you walk okay. toward it, does it flutter or fly? You, no, he, he actually uh, lets us get pretty close. Yeah, it's, it's a, it is a semi-domesticated bird, and uh, I think just leaving it, it'll, it'll make its way home. It'll figure okay. it out. Yep. Thank you, Linda. All right, thank you. All right, coming up next here, it's our mystery bird contest in just one minute. The Amazon's rainforest is being cut down so fast that by 2030, 55% of it could be completely wiped out. The Earth's forests can't speak up when they need help, but we can. Be the voice for those who have no voice. Visit worldwildlife.org. If we continue to consume our natural resources at the rate we do now, by 2050, it could take three Earths to meet our needs. The Earth can't speak up when it needs help, but we can. Be the voice for those who have no voice. Visit worldwildlife.org. I don't recycle. I mean, we can just find another planet for your kids to live on, you know? Noted non-recycler Tommy Crenshaw talks about the future. Oh, I can totally see finding another planet that can support life when ours fills up with trash. Log on to yougottobekidding.org and learn about all the ways you can recycle. Unless you're into lame excuses like Tommy's. Hey, recycling's just not my thing. Starting over on a new planet? Now that's exciting. Don't be that guy. Unless you want people looking at you funny. Log on to yougottobekidding.org. Talking Birds is made possible in part by the Cornell Lab of Ornithology, a world leader in the study, appreciation, and conservation of birds. Please check them out at birds.cornell.edu. By the way, if you're not hearing our Sunday morning show live, you can do it online very easily. Just go to talkingbirds.com to see how. You can also search for Talking Birds in iTunes or Google Play. Um, did I already say this? You're eligible to win if you haven't been a winner here on Talking Birds in six months. I don't think I did say that. Our prize this morning, the Droll Yankees' new generation finch feeder with the attraction of a finch sock but the durability of metal. 
has a lifetime warranty against squirrel damage. It's made in the USA, and we have a bonus prize, a 12-ounce bag of Birds and Beans shade-grown bird-friendly coffee. That's our favorite coffee, and you'll like it too, and it's a wonderful thing for birds, a bag of Birds and Beans coffee. Our bonus prize on the Mystery Bird Contest, the important part is our phone number, 781-837-4900. Please call it as soon as you can with your answer or take a guess, 781-837-4900. Here is, uh, uh, here's the sound of our Mystery Bird. That would be a medium-sized raptor with broad wings, a short square tail, and a narrow, strongly down-curved bill. The male is a sooty gray color, the female grayish-brown with a striped breast. Our bird gets its name from the mollusks it plucks in flight. I was going to say small mollusks, but David points out to me these things are, what did you say, David, bigger than golf balls? Golf ball size are bigger. That's what they want, yeah. They're on the stalks of marsh grass. These birds grab them from there, and that's how they get their name, or at least part of their name. What is our mystery bird? Tell us or take a guess at 781-837-4900, As always, no correct answer means a drawing will determine our winner, so tell us or take your guess. 781-837-4900 is the number, and the Droll Yankees' new generation Finch feeder is the prize. Meanwhile, we're going to check in with that guy we've been talking about a little bit this morning, Mike O'Connor at the Birdwatchers General Store on Cape Cod. Let's ask Mike live in just one minute. I'm Ray Brown, and I'm a coffee lover. And the brand that I drink is Birds and Beans, the only brand that sells only bird-friendly coffee, grown in a way that saves the forest that migratory birds depend on for survival. Birds and Beans carries the certification of the Smithsonian Migratory Bird Center, the most stringent shade-grown certification in the world. Plus, it's USDA organic certified and fair trade certified, so farmers get fair compensation. Of course, it's important to note that Birds and Beans coffee tastes great, and it's available in your choice of roasts, from American Red Start Light Roast to Deep and Dark Scarlet Tanager French Roast. Decaf, too. If you care about saving the tropical forests on which so many of our birds depend, and if you love great coffee, there's just one choice, Birds and Beans, shade-grown, bird-friendly coffee. It's my choice, and I really hope you'll make it yours. Get the whole Birds and Beans story, including where to buy it, at birdsandbeans.com. That's birdsandbeans.com. All right, we have a new theme uh, just for this week for uh, Let's Ask Mike segment. The music is called Ants. Good morning, Mike. <laughs> morning, Ray. Good morning to you. Who's that with you? That is Mr. <laughs> David Clapp there, as if you didn't know. Well, you know what? I, I, I think he, I, I heard wrong. I thought you said Eric Clapton was going to be on. <laughs> so I got all excited. Lay down, Sally. Sorry about that. <laughs> the music is Ants from Indiana Jones in the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, in which Jonesy confronts Soviet spies and a double agent and battles with sadistic henchman Colonel Antonin Dovchenko. You say that like we don't know that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and it always reminds me of Mike. <laughs> Dovchenko loses the fight and then is devoured by giant ants. See, that's wow. what we're kind of leading up here, because leading up to, because that's our our topic, but not in quite a scary way. But ants on hummingbird feeders. You have some what a solution to this, Mike? Well, yeah. You know, you know, unlike most feeders, we have to fight the squirrels. Hummingbird feeders get a pass because typically, not always, but typically the squirrels don't bother them. But sometimes you get ants. Ants like sweet stuff. They, where even if you hang it from a tree or from a pole, the ants kind of figure it out, and they come out, and they kind of ruin your nectar, which is cheap, which is free. You can just make your own. 
but you have to keep changing it every day if the ants fill up with it. But they do make uh, a couple of devices. One is an ant moat, which is like an inverted cup that you would fill with water and hang above the feeder. Mm. People like those. I don't particularly like them because they fill up with the ants, and you've got to keep changing them. What I use is they call an ant guard or an ant bell. It just looks like a, a plastic bell. It looks small, and it looks like it would totally not work. So a lot of people don't believe me when I say it worked, but it worked unbelievably well. You put a thin coating of Vaseline on the inside of the bell, just a real thin coating. You hang it over the feeder. The ants come down. They back off. And unlike squirrels, they don't keep trying. They just go away, and they don't come back. It's like one of the best and the most effective devices out there to keep anything away, and in this case, ants. Ant Bell? Is that what it is? Yeah, it does sound like like a neighbor. Yeah, it sounds like a relative from Idaho or something like that. Well, they're called ant guards, I think, but yeah. they look like a bell, so I just call them bells. But they're, they're usually red because everything's going to be red when it's hummingbirds. And you just put a little bit of um, Vaseline on the inside, and then you're done. There's no changing. There's no weekly maintenance. You're done for the season. It's a really, it's a really good device. And they don't get stuck in the Vaseline. They just avoid it. Is that, right. Is that right. They just back yeah. off. Yeah. And, and you don't see them again. You don't see them up in town. You know, again, not like the squirrels. They keep trying every possible way. They just... They sniff it out. They, mm. they don't come back. And, and I guess ants can communicate, yeah. and they just say, don't bother. So it's the, over, and they don't come back. It's a really good idea. Wow. So it's not like them on that rubber tree plant thing where they just keep trying on the rubber tree. Right? <laughs> no, yeah, right, right. No, it's not like that at all. All yeah. right. Hey, Mike, thank you, and we'll talk to you next week. Talk to you, both of you guys. Good talking to David, too. Okay, see you, Mike. All see right. you later. Bye-bye. We're back here at the uh, Mystery Bird Contest. The number to call is 781-837-4900. Here's our Mystery Bird, and I don't know if we'll even still give the clues again because we're short on time, so we'll get to our callers here right away. And we have Charlie. Uh, Is Charlie first? Hey, Ray. Berry, Mass. There he is. Good morning, Charlie. Hey, Ray. I'll talk to you in a long time. How's everything? Good to hear from you, Charlie. And David is here, too. Always a pleasure, and uh, I love the show, and I've been listening for years, as you know. Thank you, Charlie. Yep. Glad to have um, you staying with us, and uh, we're on the mystery bird. What are you? Uh, what are you saying? I'm going to go with an osprey. Ooh. Oh, David yeah. said, "Ooh, that's ooh, his well, way of saying it's uh, got a, a similar feeding style." But yeah, but that's, yeah. that's, that's yeah. that makes it one of our top quality guesses. But uh, <laughs> not, <laughs> not, not, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the old. And they they, have, they uh, have a nest down in uh, Ellisville State Park down in Manomet, which is pretty impressive. They've done well in the past 20 years or so. Oh, my gosh, yeah. We we have one uh, right down the street from our Talking Birds World Headquarters in uh, Quincy, Massachusetts. Yeah, and they they do protect their young, I'll tell you. They'll fly out right (laughs) near you and check you out, and then they'll go back to the nest. (laughs) Indeed. Charlie, thanks for the call. Ray, always a pleasure. I love the show. Have a great day. Thanks so much. We have our next caller. It looks like it says Seth, but we need a new... uh, new marking system in there because I can't quite read it and I'm not sure what that says. Can you see what it says there, David? He's calling from somewhere, but who knows where. We'll just ask him. Good morning, Seth. Good morning. Good morning. We can't read the sign here that says where you're calling from. Oh, I'm, I'm calling from Biddeford, Maine. Biddeford, Maine. Wow. Wonderful. Yeah. I think yeah. I went through Biddeford yesterday on the way back oh. from uh, Freeport. It's up there down oh, nice. Bean yeah. yesterday. Beautiful country. Yeah. What do you think, Seth, on our mystery bird? So I think it's the crested caracara. Ooh, another oh, good guess. That, that bird is at least more in the geographic range. Yeah, it's still exactly. not right. Yeah, oh, a very okay. cool yep. bird too. Yeah, bird, uh, Seth, thanks. <laughs> Bethford, I was going to something. Seth from Biddeford. Seth, thank you so much. Try us again. Anyway. All right. 
Okay, so we've had a guest for a crested caracara and an osprey, and yeah. uh, we're maybe closing in on it here. Yeah, those think? are good guesses based yeah. on the clues. Judy is in Brookline, Massachusetts. Good morning, Judy. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Say hi to David. He's here, too, in the Yeah, studio. it's been a pleasure to listen to you. He's, good morning, Judy. He's our man, and uh, what do you think? Well, we're going, this is my spouse and I, we're going to try for a harrier Northern Harrier, yeah, just gray color, but I don't know about the mollusk part. <laughs> no, no, the yeah. mollusk, the yeah. mollusk part's yeah. not correct. Yeah, harriers yeah. are insects, snakes, small birds, mm -hmm. but again, the right feeding technique. Yeah, yeah. This bird is much further south. Ah, all right, yes. Judy, thank you. Try us again. Mm -hmm. Will do. Thanks. All right. Uh, Northern Harrier and a guest there from yep. from Judy. I saw a great, uh, the gray ghost, they call it, the yeah. mature male. We saw males. one at Daniel Webster Sanctuary yep. just down the road from here yep. a few uh, weeks ago. We're almost out of time. I don't know if we can squeeze another call in here or not. 781-837-4900 on our mystery bird contest. David Clapp is our guest here in the studio. And, uh, David, if we run out of time here at the end, thanks so much for coming in. <laughs> and thanks for all that Galapagos this insight. Is a, it's a pleasure, Ray, always. And we have uh, Sandy in uh, nearby Plymouth, Massachusetts. Good morning, Sandy. Well, good morning to you. <laughs> Thank you for calling. What do you think our mystery bird is? We think it's a snail kite. We think uh, we think that she's right, David. Do we know? Right, yeah. yeah. Excellent. Yeah, excellent. Is right. Snail kite. Judy, uh, stay on the line. We'll get your address and send you that uh, Droll Yankees feeder. Great. Thank you very much. Thanks so much for being with us. We are out of time. We'll see you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store. Orleans Cape Cod. By L.L. Bean, inspiring you to get outdoors. By Celestron, offering binoculars and scopes for birders of all levels. By Birds and Beans, shade-grown, bird-friendly coffee. And by Chimani, visiting a national park, let Chimani guide you. Chimani.com.